Back to Share Truth Apply Scripture. I'm Jordan Shambly, joined by Cedra Sarton and John Darnell is our guest today in our studio. He is from uh, Global Outreach, and we are partnering with them uh, in our Orange Letter campaign this year. So if you missed our last segment, again, we are doing our Orange Letter campaign. This is the last radio program about this, and you have until November 8th to take part in that. This is a, a an opportunity for you to send us a letter, uh, orange at afa.net, a letter that is going to go to missionaries overseas. Uh, these are going to be lit- letters of encouragement, scripture, and prayer. So please, um, as you're listening to this uh, radio program, please be praying and thinking about what you're going to say in that letter yep. um, and send that to us at orangeatafa.net. You have yep. until November 8th. And if you missed the last segment yes. or last week's program where we also had John with us, mm-hmm. please go to engagemagazine.net Good. where you can listen to the podcast. We're on uh, Spotify, mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, yes. or you can check out our YouTube channel if you want to see our beautiful faces. You don't have to do yeah. that, but you can. <laughs> you can, if you want to see. If you're just curious, because I know a lot of people are, I wonder what they look like. Go to our YouTube channel and check out the videos. Yes, the link is on the website, so just see us there. All right, so um, last segment, we kind of opened this up as like uh, an in-depth introduction sure. for our audience to Global Outreach and the work you guys do. And it was an amazing kind of overview of uh, just the different aspects of that kind of work and all the things that you have to take into consideration as you work to support missionaries and, 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 and be sort of a servant for them as they are on the field. Um, you talked about things like uh, the feeling of loneliness that they might have sometimes and and uh, having children on the, the field and all the dynamic that that brings to the situation. So, um, John, I know that you've talked before a little bit about things that you've experienced on the field that uh, inspire you as you as you and Global Outreach reach out to these missionaries. So why don't you tell us a little bit, how did you get involved first Yeah, uh, in the mission? Absolutely. And and as I share, I'll share, you know, a little bit about my history and, yeah. and we'll share some, you know, some other missionary stories down sure. the line. But if you want to go to globaloutreach.org, Absolutely. Listener, I mean, we have pictures of our missionaries. You can read their bios. You can pray for them specifically and, and just kind of have a more well-rounded perspective of who the people are that you're writing letters mm-hmm. to. Um, but so interestingly enough, I grew up in the Mississippi Delta. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to learn Spanish. Yeah. And so I went to Ole Miss and I was taking Spanish classes, ended up as an, I tell you, an accidental Spanish major. But (laughs) I was doing political science and kind of liking Spanish on the side and then Spanish won out. So I I ended up double majoring. But um, Mm -hmm. part of that is study abroad. Mm -hmm. And when I first went to college, they had a study abroad fair. So Mm -hmm. when you go spend a semester in another country and earn academic credit, just like your student there. Wow. And I thought, who would want to do that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. college is great. Why yeah. would you want to go live in another country? <laughs> Two years in, I um, I said, you know what? I want to go to Mexico and do this summer program. I can commit a summer. So I went to Querétaro, Mexico, and I'm walking home from class from the bus, and I see this guy that looks American. Mm-hmm. I speak to him in Spanish. He speaks to me in Spanish. I said, well, I guess he's not American. I turn around and look at his truck. And the tag on his truck in central Mexico, Smith County, Mississippi. There you go. <laughs> so ends up he's a Baptist missionary from uh-huh. Mississippi living in this on the same street in a city of a million people. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's where God started working on me for missions. So he changed my trajection, trajectory mm-hmm. from, hey, I want to go politics, law school, yeah. these other things, to there's something to this missions yeah. thing and being a part of the Great Commission. And the next year I studied a semester in Ecuador and... And uh, as a senior, and then um, eventually Emily and I became missionaries with Global Outreach. 
Wow. I mean, that, that what a hand of providence there. I yeah. mean, you, you, you started off thinking like, why would you ever want to? Why would I, who would want to live in another yeah, country? It, yeah. To- little did you know, like on a street, literally kind of waiting for you would be this, this um, eye-opening opportunity. Yeah. And the least yeah. expected of places. You're, yeah, you're walking exactly, down yeah. a street in Mexico. You're not expecting yeah. to meet some guy from Mississippi. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know, to, that would open, you know, God mm-hmm. will show you mm-hmm. in those unlikely places. Yeah, amen. Yeah. So uh, you and your wife, um, uh, does she have um, any sort of background? She studied to be a missionary. Did she? So she was. Um, she was a teacher, an elementary teacher, okay. and she had been teaching three years when we met. We dated for a year, and she finished her fourth year, finished her master's in teaching. Wow. So we got married and taught for two years in mm-hmm. Panola County, Mississippi. So I was doing Mississippi Teacher Corps, teaching high school Spanish, okay. and she was teaching in elementary school at Como. Wow. And God really used that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going to a really mission-minded church and driving every day serving cross-culturally mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. legitimately serving cross-culturally and she's from chicago so oh, wow. um moving to mississippi was her first cross-cultural experience but god wow. used that to really yeah. soften our hearts and our church was really missions minded mm-hmm. like i said so just god did those god-sized things wow. that you would have to have mm-hmm. to want to move to another country so no we we were teachers and wanted to serve others she'd want to serve kids and maybe do camp ministry not necessarily internationally so right. god had those pieces and her love for him that he shaped and molded together for us to give us a call to missions yeah and so um with with all of those things there's um i imagine there's not a lot of doubt in your mind that's sort of where you're headed exactly mm-hmm. and so um when you uh, i mean i i don't have any experience in this and uh, i don't know if a lot of our listeners do but when someone is feels the call to the mission field um from your experience, what is a good first step? And did you take Man, that that's good such, first step? That's such a great question. <laughs> my, my experience is a little bit backwards yeah, because right. I was a student in Mexico mm-hmm. and got involved in missions as opposed to, hey, I'm going to a church in the U.S. Right. and yeah. I'm going to go on this short-term team and, you know, go around. You know, so it's a little bit different. But there's a book by David Frazier. He's a friend, mm-hmm. missionary. Um, he lives in Memphis now. They did 20 years in the Middle East and um, called um, Mission Smart, 15 Questions you should answer before you get into oh, wow. cross-cultural ministry. So huh. um, he's not paying me to say that, but that's, that, that, that's, that's a like, really good book. Now we're going to go on Amazon and look it up. Go book. on Amazon, <laughs> David Frazier, Mission yeah. Smart. But um, it, it was it was just, I got that resource in the last year or two, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, if I had this. Essentially what he's saying is mm-hmm. you, you have your personal preparation, mm-hmm. so don't think there's this trick with missions where people go on a short-term trip and they have this wonderful experience. Wow, yeah. And think, oh man, life's going to be this way. If I only were a missionary, I would see God work in ways I hadn't before. I would feel Mm -hmm. this way. I would feel close to him. I'd be at the center of his will. That's like, I call that the 5K experience, Mm -hmm. right? Where people get excited, they do a 5K. And it's a great thing. It's a big step for them. Mm -hmm. Missions is a marathon. (laughs) Nobody, who wants to do a marathon? I mean, like, you know, it's like a very (laughs) rare, right? And it's like, you're one mile into your marathon. You're like, oh man, I've got 25.2 to go. And this is, this is how it is. So Mm. you have to make sure personally you're being raised up and disciple and you want to do it for the right reasons, Mm -hmm. not to, not that you think God will be happy, but you know, God's happy with you and loves you. So therefore you want to go. Those are two Mm -hmm. different things. Absolutely. Yeah. You feel internally called. I would say, would your church agree? Mm. Yeah. I, have you ever heard somebody say, well, I'm called to do this thing. You're like, okay, well, you know, people that an example David Frazier uses in one of his books is, um, you feel called to Muslims. Do you know any Muslims? 
mm. moved to inner city Memphis and worked with Muslims for a year. Yeah. So instead of thinking, oh, I'm called to missions, I've got to move to Africa, think, uh, maybe I'm called to missions, what can I do in my neighborhood mm-hmm. to take that next step? Yeah. How can I go across the street to my neighbor and be on mission with Christ? Because mm-hmm. if you're not evangelizing and discipling today where you are, getting on a plane and getting off the plane doesn't make you a discipler, mm-hmm. right? And so I would just say, be faithful to do that next thing. Yeah. And um, so on the mission field, um, was there ever any time that maybe that calling felt like it might be wavering? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did you deal with that? Mm. Well, not well, <laughs> I don't think, uh-huh. but um, people encouraged us as we move towards the field and your fundraising, you have to do all this stuff to get there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of things right. that you have to do. And that's where agencies like us walk people through that process. But, mm. um, you know, you do all this thing. Somebody said, hey, write down all those God moments mm. as you go to the field so that when you get there, you can like an Ebenezer of sorts, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so you can look back and say, you know, God's hand was in this. I know that he's called us to right. this. So that was one way to deal mm. with it. Another one is meeting with a, you know, a spiritual advisor, a mentor, talking with your pastor and saying, man, this is how I feel today. Mm-hmm. And and being honest about that, not yeah. being on, alone on an island and saying, man, mm. I, I'm, I'm struggling with this and this and culture's wearing me out and my wife feels she's struggling with this. She's having these health problems. Is this God leading us somewhere else? Right. And so you're inviting wisdom into that process instead mm-hmm. of by yourself saying, well, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Right. Yeah. So um, in those times, like if someone had asked you, uh, what would be the thing that they could pray for you about? Mm. What would you have said mm. to them? The most helpful thing that I could have gotten at that time was to and this might be a weird thing for a missionary to say, but mm-hmm. just to feel closer to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I think you begin to doubt your mm-hmm. call um, when you don't feel like you're maybe where he wants you or you're doing a good enough job or maybe you had these expectations of what ministry was going to be like and mm-hmm. those multitudes haven't come to Christ. On the, yeah. I, mean, I mean, you have that heart when you go, <laughs> yeah. right? And you're like, man, wow. this isn't lining up. Mm-hmm. But just to, if someone had just said, John, you're a beloved child of God. Mm-hmm. You're his. He loves you mm. no matter what, yeah. no matter if ministry works out like you want it to or not. Mm. Man, that would be it. That would have been a huge relief. God ultimately did do that mm-hmm. for me after we had moved back. Global Outreach asked us to move back and mm-hmm. work in the home office and serve missionaries. But that's it. So mm. if you're if you're listening to this thing, what would yeah. I write to a missionary? It, we need to focus. Yes, their work's important, but who they are in Christ is so much bigger than work. Work changes Work doesn't work out like we always want it to, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? But our, if we're loved and we know we have an identity in Christ and we're rooted in Christ, then I can weather the storm in yeah. ways that, you know, if I'm earning God's approval through my mission and it doesn't work out like I want it to, then I'm beginning to doubt God. Right. Yeah. And and I, I love that we're able to communicate that right now with uh, at, during this Orange Letter campaign to our, to our audience. Um, I, I remember reading through like a little brief biography of Jim Elliott. Mm-hmm. and just the life that he lived. I, if I was going to call someone a super Christian, it might be it him. It feels just like Camellia, doesn't yeah, it? He yeah, he just felt, he, he, he just seems so vigorous in the way that he lived out his faith. And of course, that that's just my perspective through the, the filter of this brief biography that of course is not, I mean, nobody it's knows. It's a snapshot, you know? right? Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and yeah, I mean, certainly he was, a, he was a great missionary and a great man of God. 
um, and, and as much as a Christian can be. Right. Um, but again, he was a man. And, and, and sometimes like even I will forget that people overseas, they're not on some sort of spiritual level or some sort of plane of existence where they just, they're, they're like have this like spiritual sense that they can just feel things and right. they're, they're always alive, you know? Right. And, and it, it's, it's good to remember that these are, again, these are your brothers and sisters. That's yeah. right. And you know, when, when God looks at them and God looks at you, there's the same righteousness of Christ applied across Amen. the board. Amen. And there's also the same struggles. So uh, I love that you brought up basically the gospel yes. is what the, that's what missionaries, missionaries need. need. That, it, the gospel is what missionaries need. It's the last need. thing that we would think. Yeah. Um, but it is, again, I mean, not only what missionaries need, but what we need, we all need from day to day. So again, audience, when you're listening to this and you're praying about this, think about the gospel. I mean, think about uh, the reality of what we have in the work of Jesus Christ um, and our expectation of eternity Amen. and just allow that to permeate your letters. So again, orangeatafa.net. John, it was so good to have you Thank these you past so much. two episodes. Um, again, that's uh, www.globaloutreach.org if you want to check out that. Um, thanks for listening to this episode, and we'll see you next week.